Well, hello there, listeners, and welcome back to another Uber Cinco. This is episode number two, and if you're returning, grazie. And if this is your first foray into the den, mahalo! This is Uber Cinco, the podcast where we deep dive top fives. I'm Mitch Brinkman, your host for today's festivities, and our matchup today is Brian Ernst versus Nathan Henenfent. Today, our contestants will reveal and defend their top five moments that a cell phone with internet would have come in handy dandy. Boys, say hello and give the folks something good. Greetings, everybody. Hello, welcome back. That first deep, delicious voice uh, was Nathan, and that and that and that friendly uh, face inside of a voice after was Brian Ernst. Um, Ooh, it's loud over here. People are zooming up and down Addison Street. Uh, but uh, if this is your first time in the in the Uber Cinco Den, um, again, thank you. But let us wake you out out of hibernation with a quick rundown of the rules. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host, who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber Stereo. You will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber stare down is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. And of course, as a reminder, don't forget to stick with us until the end of the show, where I, Ms. Brinkman, your host, will give you my fast five send-off, where I'll rattle off the definitive list of the top five ways to live for Christ's sake. <laughs> and of course, as host, I'm entitled to institute a house rule for today's game, which is inspired by my own mother. Now, you can tell by the furrow in her brow didn't make her glad, but she'd say this when us kids repeated something that made her sad. And that was garbage in, garbage out. So with that in mind, any use of the well-known cuss word pronounced as shit, yes, the delightful one-syllable synonym for excrement both human and beast, and yes, cool Tyler from your eighth grade class, his most definitely did not stink. <laughs> we are trying to clean it up around here. So any use of this once feared but now accepted cuss word will result in a skid mark added to your record. Two skid marks, and I will subtract a point off your total. And with that, I remind you, if you need to cuss, be a grown-up and just say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I can dig that rule. I like it. <laughs> Okay, good. All right. So uh, I have my I have my handy dandy trusty little notebook here. So I'll be making my marks, keeping tally of the points. Going to lose a lot of points um, today. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and of course, um, Brian, uh, if Nathan says it and I don't catch it, feel free to rat him out. Nathan, you do the same. Okay. You got it. So uh, here we go. Uh, determined by the pre-pod coin flip um, that I did uh, just before here uh, next to my dresser, Brian. Please lead us off with your number five on the top five moments that a cell phone with internet would have come in handy dandy. All right. Uh, my number five here is a, is a personal one. Uh, it comes early in my uh, young man career at probably the ripe age of probably 19, I believe it was. This is when I got lost returning my prom tux to men's warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here's a quick first question. Uh, should you have got it cleaned before you returned it? No, that's what they they do that. 
Oh, okay. Right? okay. Come right. on. Right. Uh, well, yeah. Plus, nothing happened in there. There was nothing to clean. <laughs> Just a little bit of sweat. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, uh, g- g- give us the color and, and, and give us the story. So... I got my license very late in in, in my high school career uh, versus uh, some other people. My parents instilled a rule that now as an adult, I agree with was that I could not get my license until I could pay for my own insurance. So I had to get a job. So I didn't get my license until I was on the cusp of 18, 19 there. And after prom, I had to go return my tux. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to run an errand. I got this. The worst part of this story is I had a cell phone with no internet and I had a grocery store bought GPS in the car and I still got lost going to the mall I've been going to since I was a child. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds like, this sounds like new, new driver nerves to me. Oh, it it, it completely was like, I was extremely confident before I left the house. Like I knew exactly what route to take. It was there, but I was thinking of a completely different location. So my confidence completely wore out when I did not recognize anywhere that I was going. But I've been to this place two dozen times prior, minimum. And if I just would have had a- You rent that many tuxedos? You're renting tuxedos? (laughs) This mall, this mall. I've been to the the mall mall. where the men's warehouse was located. Got it. But if I just would have Google mapped this, if I would have had a cell phone, I just put put it in the location, I would have been there immediately, no problem. But But how, how far afield did you end up? Uh, it was about 20, it's a, it, the actual location is 20 minutes away from where I grew up. So I should have been a 40 minute round trip, 45 given a uh, bitter batter with the, uh, with the actual salesman. But no, I was gone for maybe a half hour, still haven't found the location, decided to try again, tried to figure out. And I believe I called my parents crying like, I, I give up. It's driving things stupid. <laughs> I'm coming home. Coming home. We'll, we'll do it later. I don't care. <laughs> that's 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 what happened. <laughs> now I, I know with tux rental late fees, um, I unfortunately uh, became um, a veteran of those uh, when I went to four proms in one year. Thank you very much. Um, wow. And uh, I found out that the late fee, if is if it is late, it might just be better just to buy it from the place. Did you end up buying it, or or did you get back in time? I got it back in time. I think we either went up later that day or the next day, and we got it taken care of. But uh, oh, thank God, the lesson learned there was uh, for me to be much more aware when I'm a passenger in a car because I had probably a good twelve years experience leading up to this that could have gotten me to this mall on time. But I suck. <laughs> on uh, on top of this, were you a were you a cautious driver as as a new one? I was cautious. When the only uh, rule I ever remember kind of trying to break a little bit was the uh, letting off the brake and edging into the intersection, waiting for that red to turn green. That was like uh, the most I ever pushed the boundaries. I wasn't. Well, you, speak- you have to because you've got to beat the guy next to you off the line. That's <laughs> the most important thing. Yeah. 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 And I remember my dad still like doing the driver's permit. My dad being in the passenger seat and me like easing off in that. Like he's not saying anything. I could push it a little further. I could push it a little further. And then my dad just arms crossed. Inching out a little farther, aren't you? <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, all right, all right I'll, I'll pull it back. I'll pull it back, dad. I'll be responsible. Um, who, who did you go to prom with? Uh, I had two dates to oh. to my senior prom. Uh, Did they know I, about each other in advance? Or <laughs> yes, very prearranged. I had uh, two friends. <laughs> very prearranged. <laughs> 
Extremely prearranged. Extremely prearranged. There was a, there was paperwork involved. Hi, um, Carol. Do you want to go to dance with me? Uh, my office will send over the papers later to, to really lock it in. Uh, Meaning there was a location to meet first in a limo to take photos with other people who were going. That okay, prearranged, okay. but uh, that's that's pretty funny. All right, yeah, Brian. That reminds me of uh, if my sister was to be making her top five list of this this would have been her number one it was i think probably like around 2008 or so and a whole group of our friends uh and um my cousin and my sister and we were all uh gathering somewhere in indiana for a concert and uh my cousin and i were driving there and we we didn't have the correct directions and so i had to call my sister and she had to walk us through step by step what was going on and so we put her on speakerphone and then my cousin and I uh, proceeded to ask. We were driving along like a main drag with like lots of strip malls and businesses and it mm-hmm. was all commercial. And every single store or shop we asked, um, hey, do you guys need any Hardee's? Um, are you guys like, should we stop and, and pick up some drywall when we're there? Um, <laughs> do you guys need? And we, we did this for probably like 200 different stores. And at first, like for the first three, she was like, ah, that's pretty good. But then by like after a good 12 minutes of this, she was just because she couldn't hang up on us because she had to get us there. She's like, no, no, no. (laughs) And we finally got there and she was not happy with us. But anyways, that's. (laughs) Well, with that, Nathan, um, bring us right along into your number five. All right. My number five is also a personal one. This was one of the more embarrassing moments of my uh life really uh the face was as red as it's ever been uh so i i was living in london in 2012 and they have uh how embarrassing how embarrassing (laughs) (laughs) they have they have what they called uh boris bikes boris johnson was then the mayor and they implemented just like you know in chicago here we have divvy bikes and the public Mm -hmm. things where you rent them and i was meeting some friends at a pub in north london uh somewhere around Hampstead Heath for people who know this city, but uh, outside of sort of the main, the real center of, uh, of town. So I thought, uh, why don't I just try this Boris bike thing out? You know, I've never ridden a bike in a city before. I'm just, I'm going to give it a try. It was a really beautiful spring day. The temperature was just right. And so I went and I put my debit card into the machine, the bike unlocked and uh, away I went. And I, I didn't know exactly where I was going which would have helped if I had GPS, but uh, I used basically a burner phone as long as I could when I was over there. And so I rolled along and took some twists and turns. And uh, finally, I got to the general place where uh, I knew the pub was, saw the pub. And then I looked around and uh, somebody yells over. He's like, you're a bit far out with that bike, mate. And I'm like, um, <laughs> what? What? And then I look around. I'm like, oh. I didn't know this, and the internet could have told me, but the Boris bikes are only for were only in very very central London, like only in tourist areas. Oh, and no. so I'm I'm way out there, and uh, so I'm I'm standing outside the pub, and I'm looking. I'm like, man, I I don't want to turn around and go back. I've, I've taken this like almost hour long bike ride to get up here, and they uh, so this guy. Uh, you know, there's nowhere I can put it. I can't. London is a city of thieves. Like if, if this bike gets stolen, I lose, you know, I would get charged for it. I would lose lots of money. Yeah. So the guy standing out of the pub, he's like, oh, well, 
you know, there's like a beer garden, like, you know, I work here, it's fine. You just, just take it in, put it in the beer garden, then, you know, ride home later on. It's no big deal. So I walk in and it's a huge pub. It was like an old house that had been sort of hollowed out on the ground floor. And so it's really enormous. And my group of friends is like all the way at the back, sort of the beer garden and it's packed. And I walk in carrying, wheeling this bike across the pub floor. And then the the, the man behind the bar yells, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I was just, just going to park it. Like the guy said, you know, I could do that. And he's like, who said that? And I turned around, the guy had come in behind me. I was like, him. And this guy starts laughing. He didn't work there. <laughs> and so everyone in the pub, including my friends, are just cracking up laughing. And they're like, yeah, you got to find some place outside. So I turn around and I just get back on the bike and I ride all the way back into town. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a pretty painful evening. And I've never ridden a bike in a city again. I don't blame you. <laughs> How embarrassing. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, so obviously a Boris bike is a bike you just take, you ride around and you bring it back to a station, right? I'm right. assuming. So you were just assuming a station would be right outside the one bar you wanted to go to? <laughs> well, that was my hope. <laughs> <laughs> I thought at least within, you know, half a mile there, because in central London, they're all over the place. So I sure, think, but... Sure. Yeah, I did not. I did not put two and two together there that they would not be out in the residential areas. <laughs> well, did you feel better the next morning that you had two nice long bike rides and and not uh, not a liter of or not like three liters of beer in your stomach instead? Uh, I mean, it was it was an early morning. I'm sure, probably the earliest I woke up in the whole three years I lived there. <laughs> <laughs> now, besides besides turning around and leaving and getting back on the bike, what else went through your brain then? Like, what can I do? to be able to stay here or, um, you know, um, fix this, this, this hot, uh, red rising feeling that's coming to my cheeks and face right now. Cause I can tell right now your face is also a little more red just talking. About yeah. I, well, it was, <laughs> it, it was, you know, I, I texted my friends. I was like, Hey, can we just like go somewhere else? And they were like, well, you know, we could. And that was, so I was, like, <laughs> I was like, come on guys. Like this is, I'm dying here. Like can we just, if anybody needs a drink here, it's me. Um, yeah. but no, it was not. It was not to be. Um, I've since forgiven them. Uh, they still mm -hmm. they still bring it up from time to time. Uh, th I don't think they know how embarrassed I was because they I don't think they would joke about it if, if they did. But uh, yeah, every once in a while, uh, particularly uh, my friend Khaled, who lives in uh, the UAE right now, would be like, hey, uh, and he calls me the faith. Um, Nath the faith. That was my <laughs> nickname over there. He's like, hey, mm -hmm. hey, faith. Faith, you remember uh, when you rode that bike up to Belsize Park? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I didn't forget. Do you, what was the name of the pub? I really can't remember. Um, I mean, okay. they're they're all they're all very similarly named. I, I think every third one is like the White Heart or the Crown and Anchor. Yeah, <laughs> the Crooked Tooth. Uh, yeah. I've, I've well, I, I hope one of your friends texted you back and said we could go someplace else, but this this whole beer drinking thing has been very prearranged. So um. <laughs> it was it wasn't nothing was prearranged when we drank beer in when I was in film school over there. It was more of an assumed daily occurrence. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I've I've heard that's the big difference between drinking culture there and here. Is there they like it warm and responsible, and here we like it cold and insane so um <laughs> that's that's pretty fair assessment yeah okay all right uh that that's round one is done uh brian um 
I was going to give you two points, and then I'm glad I asked you a question, and we found out that you had two dates. So that's going to kick you up one. So, Brian, you're getting the full three points for that. Um, I always like to hear tales of, of, of young people trying to traverse the world. Um, Nathan, um, I feel like you should. I'm going to give you two points and in this because I feel like I don't know if you've ever biked a little bit drunk before, but it is very fun. And I feel like you should have walked up to the bar, ordered a shot and a beer, slammed him and left. So I don't know. That's just me. That's just me. With age comes experience. I'll know next time. Very true. Okay, so we got two points, three points. Um, And I'm going to, you know, I feel like let's go right back to Nathan again for number four on your list. Give it to us hot. Number four, I went with. uh, Uh. the Trojan horse. The the classic Trojan horse? The, yes, the... from from Homer's wow. Odyssey, yes. So, as everybody knows the basics of the story, the Greeks are mm-hmm. surrounding the city of Troy. They can't figure it out, so they, they build the Trojan horse, the enormous wooden horse. They sure. hide some soldiers in it, then they go hide. They leave one Greek guy, his name was uh, Sinon or Sinon, I don't know how they pronounce it, but... Mm-hmm. And then uh, they, under the pretext of saying, this guy says, all right, they left. They went home. They're sailing back to Greece. It's over. And th- this is a... Uh, this is uh, a tribute, right? <laughs> yeah, a tri- it was a tribute yeah. to uh, Athena because they had burned down a temple to Athena. They were making contrition. So, if you've got your smartphone with you and you're standing at the gates of Troy, first thing we're going to do... You're going to check Amazon to see if you have any recent orders. You know, maybe you had too much wine at the symposium uh, the night before. You, you accidentally hit the one click button. And sure. uh, I mean, maybe it was maybe you thought you were ordering a little toy horse and you didn't check the size specifications. <laughs> sort of like a re- reverse Stonehenge from Spinal Tap. You know, just check, check on that. Uh, and you know, check Grubhub. Maybe this is a really elaborate uh, delivery vehicle. You, you ordered some mm-hmm. horse meat and this yeah. is the big theme. All right, once you've once you've narrowed that down, you're gonna want to uh, get on. You know, check the news. Is there any news about the Greek fleet? You want to get on social media. Is uh, hashtag Greek retreat trending on on Twitter? Do you follow any of your uh, enemy soldiers on Instagram? That's pretty good strategy, I think. You know, are they posting mm-hmm. you know pictures out at sea or reuniting with loved ones? Oh, can I just mention, if a soldier's doing a selfie, they probably have the sword in the picture, right? And swords can do some good reflection. So maybe you can find out there where, in fact, are they yeah, at that current. You, you, know? do, you do the classic zoom and enhance. The, exactly. That, yes. Yeah. That definitely boop, is boop, a real boop. thing. Yeah. Enhance. Enhance. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Enhance. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then finally, the last thing you should be doing is just Google things like giant wooden horse fake or... A giant wooden horse trick or a giant wooden horse trust just to see if there is a precedent. Sure. Uh, I think you need to do you need to do your research and you do some fact checking before you just uh, let this thing in and disaster befalls you. That's. That's so responsible of you. If, if you had had that in the moment, I, I, you, you would have you would have helped save so many lives. It would have turned the tide of history or can I also myth. can. can can I speak for the people inside the horse? Because we know that it was actually stuffed full of uh, dudes ready to kill. Great way to pass the time. Oh my gosh, that's true. Th- there's a good chance you're not sleeping inside that thing. You're really cramped in there. You know, like uh, NBA players might say, I need a quick pregame nap. You really can't get a pregame nap in there probably. It's it's too hot, too stuffy. Um, and you're probably too excited to spill the blood of your enemies as well. So. What what would they what apps would uh, do you think would have been favored by the soldiers inside? 
Um, I feel like a couple soldiers would have immediately gone on uh, on on Grecian Tinder, and then they they would have you know, or is it? Wait, no, sorry, we're at Troy here, right? Troy was Troy. in ancient Turkey, so no. Trojan Tinder w- w- would have been you know probably blown up at that point. But of course, if you swipe on too many um, people in the area, then they might find out that you are you know it'll tell you how far away you are you know uh, distance wise, and there you go, jigs up. Oh, so. that's yeah, that's true. But also, the safest hookups in history. Yeah, Trojan Tinder. That sounds very responsible. Very responsible. Very true. Number four. I, I'm 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 loving that number four, um, and I, I I can't imagine like the lore of the horse would have been much different. It, it would you have. Know. I mean, we wouldn't have heard about it. It, it would have made a boring uh, chapter in Homer's Odyssey as well. They built a horse, and then then they had to dismantle the horse. So. <laughs> Can you imagine a soldier like cracking a hole open and you just, you know, like out peaks like 12 faces and like, come on, get out, get oh, out. You're like, I can't oh, believe sorry. they didn't fall for this. Oh, <laughs> this plan was foolproof. Oh, you get out and stretch and your bones are cracking. Yeah. Um, all right, Brian, uh, that, that moves us on to your number four. Uh, so my number four is not really a historical point or a personal point, but it's if a plot point of a major piece of entertainment was shifted, it would not be as famous as it is. So uh, a top moment where a cell phone with internet would have come in handy is nearly every plot of Seinfeld, but specifically the Chinese restaurant episode. So people who are familiar with this episode, you got your four main characters who are waiting in the lobby of a Chinese restaurant. Table's not ready. Insanity ensues while they're waiting. End of it, they leave. Then their name gets called out. So basically what would happen, just Seinfeld in general, if you had a cell phone with internet, George Costanza would have gone viral when he started double dipping the chip. Every blind date Elaine went on would have been rendered useless by Tinder. Kramer most likely would have been New York's best Uber driver. And Jerry would have an Alexa drop in or FaceTime from his parents from Florida every day. So this place is ripe for a cell phone. But in this episode that solidifies it as the world, one of the world's best sitcoms as the show about nothing, a cell phone would have given them a open table reservation or they could have been watching YouTube or reading the New York Post while they're waiting for their table. George wouldn't be waiting for a call back on the payphone. He'd just be quietly texting his girlfriend or whoever he was trying to get in contact with. They would have left a nasty Yelp review of this restaurant mm-hmm. and they could have just searched for Chinese restaurants near me. And the episode would have been over right at the start. So cell phone definitely would have come in handy in this Seinfeld classic. So so what you're saying is you'd rather watch that episode of television where they just go find another meal? No, I'm just saying it would have <laughs> definitely come in handy in this plot point. <laughs> no, that's true. I'm, I'm really, I, it would have ruined the show, which would have made me really sad. But yeah. I love the idea of a daily Zoom meeting with Morty and Helen Seinfeld because they were my two favorite characters on yeah. the show that would have <laughs> yeah. so you would have lost a lot of the good stuff but you would have gained something else one That's, door closes another opens yes I, I would watch 22 minutes a day of of jerry talking to his parents or george talking to his parents both on you know zoom whatever it is facetime facebook uh connect um connect and track or w- whatever they're calling their, their video <laughs> messenger service now you could um, get a season and a half out of frank costanza trying to figure out how to how it works <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> or him leaving the camera on as he's getting uh, undressed or dressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and George be like, Dad, turn it off. Because <laughs> I've thought about this a lot. We all like coming up with ideas for movies and stuff. And it's just like the plot points of the 80s and 90s and anything prior are a lot harder to come up with in today's time because of a cell phone could solve almost everything. Horror movies where you're stuck inside, you can call for help. If you're doing this, I just want to get directions to this thing. Oh my God, the call is coming from inside the house. All right, I press a button on my phone, all the doors lock. It's like you could figure this out pretty quickly, where a cell phone kind of ruins a lot of plot points. So what we're saying is no good movies will ever be made again. True. Very, very (laughs) true. But if you have noticed, a lot of things is like, oh man, my phone's dead happens really early in the exposition now because it's like, ah, cool. Wipe that off the slate. Now we can yeah. tell a story. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. These people can't get in communication with each other. They're not going to get to the same place at the same time. Remove the cell phones. That's pretty much what happens. Yeah. Well, um, guys, both your number fours were excellent. And I like I like the thinking out of the box. I like I like taking a situation and extrapolating it out. So, um, but it happened at the same time. So I'm gonna give you guys both one point. So so no one no one gained an advantage, and it's not three, it's not two, it's one. Um, so so that will keep you guys thirsty and hungry um, to you know to really really you know get some get some cuts in on each other. You know, make this really competitive. You know, that's this at least this is what I'm trying to do right now. <laughs> All right, number three. Uh, let's go to Brian here for number three. All right, number three. I have. Uh I'm going to take us back a little bit uh, to, to revolutionary times. I'm going to take okay. us back to um, when the regulars are coming and Paul Revere goes on his famous ride. A cell phone definitely would have come in handy. Um, this is a man mount, mounted his horse to deliver a message across. And uh, based on an episode, have you ever seen Assume the Position with Robert Wool on HBO? He actually points out that Israel Bissell actually rode way farther than Paul Revere ever did. But because his name was Bissell, he never ended up in Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's poem about, um, what is it? Tis, tis all very well children to hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere does not fit as well with Israel Bissell. Uh, Israel Bissell was quicker than a thistle. See, you could have done it. You could have done it. But Paul Revere sounds like such a, He's revered. It's in the name. Um, So uh, I looked it up here. Paul Revere rode about 16 miles on his horse, where Israel Bissell uh, reportedly rode for four days and six hours, covering 345 miles, letting people know that the regulars were coming. Uh, So he he rode from... uh, let me see if I can also, get th- uh, also we, we should say when you say regulars, you mean redcoats. The right? redcoats. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a falsehood that they said the British were coming because most of the people living here were British at the time, so it wouldn't have made sense. Mm. But the reason why I say a cell phone would have come in handy, um, one, according to legend, at the end of Bissell's first leg, I'm not from Boston, so I'm going to try this the best from from Waterton to Worcester. His first horse collapsed and died from having being driven so hard. Now, you could have saved that horse by, one, having a really good phone tree. Him, Paul Revere, could have gotten together, had a nice phone tree, letting people know that, hey, these redcoats are about to come ashore. Sure. Google map your route. Make sure it's nice and uh, efficient so you're not killing these horses while you're riding very fast and far. Or you could have just sent an email. Like, here, send all British people here in colonial area, hey, 
British are coming. You guys probably stay inside. It's not good. And then uh, I feel like this. How, how good? How good were the spam filters uh, during that time? Do you think? Um, I mean, probably not good. You got a lot of people who are either out of work or just farmers, really trying to make a make a living. So that is true. I feel like that's just wow. gonna that's gonna spam you hard. Well, how how popular was were, were Revere and and Bissell? within the community do they have a big social media presence i mean you know maybe they would have sure. stayed they're like ah, i don't i'll just i'll just send out a, a tweet that's it you know i've done my part i won't go out and see what happens i'm just gonna turn over and go to bed but then you know they they're uh not as not as popular as they think only three views and they're overrun by the british i mean paul revere probably only had about 50 subs on youtube whereas israel bissell man he was killing it on TikTok at the time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he just created that one thing that everybody would repeat. So it's just like the regulars are coming. He did a funny dance. Then you have whoo, everyone repeating it over and over and over. Everyone knows everyone's prepared. Interesting. Wow. Now, see, I, I, I would say that I was originally going to think if you don't have this heroic act of riding your horse to, you know, to death and and, you know, taking up that flag and busting through the, the the night sky and delivering this message, you might not have the same legacy. But if you have a super dope dance on TikTok that people do for a solid two weeks to like 30 days, that, that might be just as strong. Um, I mean, a two week to 30 day cycle of being in the pop culture in the 1700s, I feel like would be enough to get the message across. So oh, yeah. we we might still be doing that dance every 4th of July. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do the Issel. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very up on history. I watch everything that's historically accurate. I rewatched the Patriot this week just to make sure that my number three was accurate. So sure. we're good. <laughs> you just, I, I, I don't know how you did it. But you figured out my secret celeb uh, reference of the week. Uh, and uh, even though you didn't say his name, you're, you're getting an extra point for that. So good job, Brian. Um, Nathan, you're up. All right. My number three is uh, another personal story. This is from my high school art class in 2004. Sure. So I'm from a very small town. I went to a very small school, uh, which. What's the name of the town? Roseville, Illinois. The high school doesn't even exist anymore. I was in the last class to graduate from it. So Did anyways. Did you burn it down on the way out or what happened? <laughs> <laughs> we, we we got swallowed up by a slightly not as small school. But so in, in our art class, it was maybe eight to ten people or something. And a classmate of mine just casually dropped into conversation the word wampus. And we were like... <laughs> Wampus, like, like, like we were expected to know what a wampus was if that was not made up. And so we're like, the hell are you talking about wampus? And she's like, oh, yeah, it's this like cabinet thing, like, right? Wampus. And we're like, obviously, no, none of us have ever heard this word before. And <laughs> you probably just heard it for the first time the other day. And then you're, you know, trying to sound awesome. Wait, but, wait, so was we, she referring to a cabinet that wasn't level? No, just a just a cabinet. This oh, was, just a cabinet. It's, oh, okay. it's, it's a, you know the well accepted word of, and so we're like, this is not real. None of us were. We were not. We were like, this is not real. But she didn't. She didn't have a cell phone. She couldn't just Google it. You know the dictionary and boom. So we had this this argument went on and on, and she was she was adamant that this was a, a real word and that we were being mean, and she wouldn't take it. And so what she, her solution was, she was going to go to the principal's office. 
our principal had been an English teacher for many, many years before he assumed the role of principal. So she was going to march herself up to the principal's office and get it from the authority in the school that this was a real word. So away she went. And I immediately got on the intercom because you could reverse call to the principal's office. So I got in the intercom. Our art teacher at this point had just given up. She lost control. And (laughs) so I, I, I call up and the school secretary, Mrs. Long, one of my favorite people, uh, she answers, and I was like, all right, Mrs. Long, this is Nathan. No time to explain. Uh, so-and-so is on their way to the principal's office. Whatever she asks, the answer is no. And she's like, got it. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we we hang up and then uh, go back to, I don't know, I was probably drawing a sword from Lord of the Rings or something. That was pretty much all I did in art class. And we kind of forget about it. And then, you know, five minutes later, uh this girl comes back into class and she's furious she's just so upset she's like i swear it's real i was like oh they they said it was yeah well you know i guess it's not and (laughs) but but in the but in the meantime in the meantime somebody had gone to another classroom where there was a computer and looked it up and came back and was like oh she's right guys it actually is a real thing (laughs) and we were like and we were like well we're not gonna let her find that out until the last possible minute So about the entire day went on and and finally she figured it out. And uh, well, since since there's only only 22 people in my graduating class, she had no choice but to forgive us since we were literally the only people she was going to be around for the rest of the year. So uh, but, you know, it it was a bit it was a bit mean and uh, I wouldn't do such a nefarious uh, joke on somebody now. Sure. But, oh, yeah, of course. No, uh, no, 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 no. But uh, for her sake, she would have absolutely loved to have had uh, the Internet in her pocket that day. <laughs> How many teachers did you have convinced that you were actually doing homeschool while inside your bed uh, asleep until 11 a.m. on a daily basis? <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't quite do that, but I, I okay. finagled away my senior year. We could gain course credit for just like helping a teacher. OK. And, and I set it up to where. I helped uh, my two favorite teachers at the elementary school and junior high. So at a different building. Sure. And these two people and, you know, I had a great relationship with both of them. I had fun going over there and working. But also, if I didn't show up, they were like, yeah, well, he's probably just having a good time. (laughs) (laughs) There were there were several days where I was just like I would leave at like 11 and just be like, all right, I'm going to do my thing. And then I I don't even remember what I did. I mean, probably just nothing. And then I would come back at like 2.30 and be like, all right, well, another day of hard work. (laughs) I'm just imagining an 18-year-old Nathan with a leather jacket and sunglasses on yelling, I'm going to go do my thing as he kicks the doors open. (laughs) And everyone's like, that's Nathan. That's, yeah, he he does his thing. What is it about art class that brings out the worst in little white boys? (laughs) I don't know. It's it's we were horrible to our art teacher in middle school. I just don't understand why it, we would put glue in her pockets. We would whip clay. What? We would whip clay at the kiln door. Wait, we, wait, wait, Brian, Brian. Yeah. How would you get glue in her pockets? So I, I was never I was always an accomplice to this. I was never the glue squeezer. Oh, oh of course. I was not. always on yeah, lookout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody would go next to her. She always wore like a white smock that obviously she can get paint on and stuff. No problem. Very loose, open pockets. 
And there was someone in our class who would take the Elmer's bottle, go stand next and stand very, have it in his hand, just be very, very carefully and just start squeezing it into her pockets. <laughs> and then he would go and take that. And then well, there were art books that we would never use or actual textbooks for the class that we never use. He'd go to the back of the room, just start gluing the pages together. And then wow. we we're just like, now modern day Brian is like, you should have told on him. <laughs> that would have been the right thing to do. But now I'm just like, no, we were just so mean. Why? Brian, why? Brian how often during high school did the voice in your head say, time to narc this, this, this mother trucker out and you didn't, you didn't narc him? Uh, so this was, this was middle school for me. Well, oh, by the time I got again. to high school, I'd like to think I'd advanced at least a little bit. Okay. So I was also a big fish out of water in high school where it was from eighth grade to freshman year is when I lost all of my friends that I have been in school with since kindergarten. So we all go to different high schools. So oh, being okay. that completely fish out of water in a new place where you don't really know your classmates kind of like really whips you into shape pretty quick. So okay. I think uh, all that was left in my past and all the glue was left in the pockets as they say. Okay. Wow. Devil, little devil boy, little I, devil I, man. I'm not proud. I'm wow. not proud. All right. Well, guys, that was round three. Very nice. Um, you both, um, Brian, I, I, I got to say, I love revolutionary history and I like you brought a new light to this because uh, I think a lot of people probably didn't know that there was other people besides Paul Revere. I'm going to give you three points for that. And Nathan, um, to learn more about your, your bad boy streaks and tendencies, I'm always uh, enjoying that. And also you gaslighting um, someone into thinking uh, a tough word that was real was not real. So you both get three points. Nice job. All right. Awesome. Um, Fair You're enough. both bad, bad boys. Okay. Um, <laughs> number two, uh, let's keep it moving. Um, let's go, let's go with uh, Nathan this versus sign. All right. This is another story from uh, my past. This was at a bus stop in Camden town in London, 2008, way late in the evening. So to paint you a little picture, I'd gone out with a few friends in Camden, Camden town in 2008, very romantic place. Amy Winehouse was always floating around. You know, this was, this was the real deal for a 22 year old Nathan. I was loving it. So I, uh, I think we were at the, one of the big pubs there is called, I think it's called the world's end. I think that's where we were. Anyways, the night starts drawing to a close. Uh, we go get our late night food. Streets are crowded. Uh, you know, people are urinating all over buildings. It's just, just magical. Sure. So we, we get to the bus stop and, um, I see this, I see this very beautiful young lady and I decided I'm, I'm going to have to talk to her and she's, you know, we were kind of eyeing each other. So I start talking to her and my friends have no patience. They're just like, we're all right. You know, see you at home bye. like have fun, do whatever you got to do. And so I stand there and I talk to this young lady. She was from Turkey, I believe. And uh, it goes it goes fairly well. We have like a 15-minute chat or something. Uh, we exchange numbers. I'm feeling good about life. But uh, the buses are passing by. And finally, uh, I've got to get on the night bus home. And the night buses are quite infrequent. So I, I get on the bus. But I don't know if it was I got distracted by the very beautiful lady I was talking to, or I had too many pints at the world's end, or if I was still new in the country and I had forgotten about the uh, driving on the left as opposed to the right. But after about 30 minutes on this bus, I realized I had made a terrible mistake. 
because <laughs> I was not heading to uh, the old street roundabout, which is where I was living. I was seeing lots of like open green space and I'm like, I'm not even sure I'm in the city anymore. <laughs> and then, then the, the bus driver, I'm the only person on the bus and the bus stops and the driver's like, all right. I'm like, what? Like, this is the last stop. You got to go. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I get off the bus and I'm looking around. I mean, I have no I have no GPS. I have no map. I have nothing. All I all I go to is I see the little bus stop sign that has the routes, which don't make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. But I see that there is like one night bus that comes to this stop that might head me somewhere in the general direction. And I am not seeing it. I wait for like 20, 30 minutes. I'm like, it's, I don't think it's coming. Cause it says there's only two or three that come a night. So <laughs> I uh, do what anybody else would do in this situation. I climb over the nearest fence and find a bush. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all right, I'm going to do this. And you took and, a giant. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I took off my jacket, laid it on the floor. And then you took decided, a giant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I decided I was going to sleep in this bush. That's what I was going to do. I was going to sleep wow. in the bush. The morning would eventually come. I would find my way home. Some good Samaritan would help me out. I could call somebody, whatever. And then just as my little eyes were going to close in the bush, <laughs> I saw I saw some lights flashing in the distance. And it was a bus. And I jumped back over the fence, carrying my, waving my jacket over my head, <laughs> flagging him down. And he stopped and let me on. And then it, it finally got me back maybe a mile away from, from where I was. So at about five in the morning, I crawled into my bed. A couple of my friends were still up. And they're like, what the hell happened to you? Why are you covered in uh, in leaves? <laughs> like, this, is, <laughs> this is really unacceptable. Uh, yeah, that's the story. So uh, where you got off the bus, was it just open fields? Or like were there, I mean, were there lights nearby? Was this someone's like rose bush? Or not rose bush, but uh, lilac bush perhaps you were sleeping in? It was um, a public, I think it was a public park. And there was one, there was one streetlight. And I remember that very vividly. It was a very orange tint, okay. uh, but their area was not well lit other than that. I mean, I knew I was, I never figured out exactly where I was. I still don't know. I'll never know. Wow. wow. It was that's, a long night. That's a, that's, that's, you know, um, I, I have a similar, you know, similar story of, of an all night journey uh, here in Chicago. But of course, I, I always knew I, that I was near a train and I was, you know, I believe um, I know that story. <laughs> yeah, that, I think we all know that story. <laughs> that that will will come up in a, in a later episode, I'm sure. So I'm not going to tell, yeah. tell the whole thing now. But yeah, no, I, I, I get that feeling of crawling inside. I mean, granted, you know, uh, I, I don't know if the sun was coming up yet, but when the sun rises before you get home, that's always a tough feeling, uh, you know, that you have when you get inside in the bathroom, you look yourself in the mirror, say, what the hell have I done? <laughs> um, and where's all my money? Uh, did, did you lose anything in this? Like, were you, I mean, cause I, I'm assuming you must've been six pints to the wind. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, At least. I don't, I don't think I lost anything other than a good night's rest. Okay. Uh, I was, I was up and ready to, ready to go again the next day and continue the adventure. Okay. Uh, I went on two dates with the girl from Turkey. She was oh. very nice. So, yeah. 
what how what, what convinced her to um to give you her number well i don't remember because she was very new in the country so we had uh just like you perhaps yeah so we had a, a turkish uh native language turkish speaker trying to speak english and then we had drunk me trying to speak English. And so it was all a bit muddled. <laughs> so the number was real. That's good. That's that's good to know. Yeah. Um, that's nice. Wow. All right, Brian, we're moving on here. Give us your number two. Uh, my number two is the infamous uh, Donner Party. Uh, for those who uh, know the story, I'm going to keep it short. Um, we're talking mid-1800s. We're talking a bunch of pioneers moving out west for for greener pastures, whether it be for gold or a new life or whatever. You got 60 pioneers started heading west, but decided to take an alternate route through the treacherous Utah land and a route that's not usually taken. They get stranded. Oh, wagons break. Hypothermia sets in. Couple of people start uh, leaving the group to go forward. We're going to go get help. We'll come back and get you. I believe over the course of uh, their time being stranded there in the Utah desert, there was uh, four trips made out west to come back and try and get them. Oh, so it was winter too, right? It was winter. It was horrible. And uh, the reason why the story is famous is because uh, cannibalism set in for those trying to survive who were stuck in the mountain. Uh, so multiple reasons why a cell phone with internet would have come in handy here. But also, the main- I, I, I like how you use the phrase cannibalism set in as if like, they couldn't <laughs> control it. I just, it. It overcame me and I had to eat my dad and my mom's calf was quite delicious. I mean, it's juicy calf. What are you going to do? <laughs> Wait, so, so you're saying they would have like um, maybe taken video of themselves eating their friends uh, oh, instead back to the TikTok followers. I mean, there yeah. would have been a great cannibalism trend going on, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but mainly being, if you had a cell phone with internet one, you could have Google mapped a better route. Always coming back to the Google maps, extremely handy. You could have used dark sky to check the weather for freezing temps. Come on. Sure. It was winter. Everybody WebMD for tending to those injuries or increasing your anxiety and making you think you have uh, diseases you don't have. Yes, yes. Yep, yep, yep. I lost this foot. It's uh, it's not the cold. It's diabetes out here in the (laughs) (laughs) You could have watched YouTube to repair your wagon. I mean, I myself have fallen down a rabbit hole recently of this uh, uh, this old house, which easily could have been available on YouTube to fix a wagon. Also, um, uh, classic video game emulators. You could have played a really um, terrifying, ironic version of Oregon Trail as you. Well, very. I mean, I haven't even thought about gaming when it comes to to having the cell phone with the Internet, but that changes the game completely. Also, when folks went ahead to go get help and come back, he could have been G chatting. Hey, I'm 30 days out. See you in a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't eat Tim. (laughs) We're going to be back soon with some bread. Um, And then for a Tim's gone. Tim is gone. He was delicious. (laughs) Tim's hanging in my shed, drying out with a bunch of salt right now. Can we move on to somebody else? So you're in, situ- in your situation, they also figured out how to build a shed on YouTube, and they built a shed. Of course, to hang, you, to you hang gotta, okay. you gotta have a meat shed. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And then for a darker take, uh, my favorite take here is that you you could have looked up some great recipes for marinating flesh. I mean, <laughs> that would have been super helpful for the Donner Party. That's 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 great. That's I, now I'm trying to think of. Uh, you, you're gonna probably find some some wild thistle that would probably go really nicely on that meat mm-hmm. as well. Um, you gotta no. baste it. You gotta baste the flesh. Keep basting it. All that right. Is true. Tip, tip that pan. Get it in the flame. You mm-hmm. use what you got. Yeah. 
excellent, ex- excellent. I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. Honestly, I'm actually a little bit hungry. I can have a steak for dinner. Uh, Nathan, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's go on to you uh, here for your number two. Uh, no, that that number two was my. Oh my gosh! Brandon. Yeah, you're right. Oh my gosh. Okay, here we go. Oh, uh, then I have to I have to score you both. Um, boy, uh, Nathan, um, it makes me sad to think of you all alone lying in a bush. And just resigning yourself to the fact that that's where you're sleeping tonight. Uh, <laughs> you made me sad, so I'm giving you two points. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Brian, I love I, I love that you um, are a man of your meats, and you you and you know you need a shed uh, for your protein. So I'm going to give you three points. So. Um, this is a tight I'm, race right now. I'm glad um, uh, cannibalism could could bring me over the edge a little bit there. No, no problem at all. Um, and did I hear any shits in there? Oh, <gasps> don't say it again. I won't. Uh, I, I don't think I did. I, of course, tried to bait Nathan into saying a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't take right. it, you son of a gun. Um, all right, uh, let's go with um, let's go with Brian to to give us give us our your number one on the top five reasons or. Uh, moments where a cell phone with internet would be handy dandy. I'm going to say the number one for me is the JFK assassination conspiracy theory. Uh, more I, I, angles? Is that what you want? You got If you got more angles, you got everyone filming this event. Uh, and my biggest issue with the Zapruder film is there, there's, no, there's no audio. We can't hear nothing. We can't hear what's going on. I mean, if you got everyone Facebook live in this thing, what's going on? Hopefully this conspiracy theory would be put to rest. And why I put this as my number one is uh, Mitch will know this. I hate conspiracy theories. I think they're all dumb. I hate them all. And I'm trying to rile you up a bit here because I know how you feel on some of these. (laughs) And the the main reason being like um, Zapruder at this time, if I mean, if cell phones are available in 1963, Zapruder is probably shooting this parade with a DSLR with a nice mic at the time. Hopefully we're being able to hear it. He'd be able to wirelessly transfer that to his cell phone, get it on YouTube, no problem. Well, well hold on, hold on, hold on. The, the thing is not just because cell phones exist, all those nice cameras also exist. Well, they do in my number one. Okay, all right, okay, all right. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to keep you honest here. That's it, all right? And I, I would hope that, uh, in my opinion, obviously conspiracies are nothing new, mm-hmm. but other than maybe the Roswell, New Mexico UFO landing in 1947 i feel like the jfk conspiracy theory is the birth of the modern conspiracy theorist the uh, of getting the 20th and 21st century and then you start getting into the moon landing theories other inside jobs again trying to rile up mitch here a little bit but why i put this at number one is i think cell phones would help settle what happened maybe we wouldn't have your flat earthers. Maybe you wouldn't have people trying to prove 9-11 as an inside job. Maybe you wouldn't have these conspiracy theories that are leading to other things. And and the main reason I think about this is why I hate conspiracy theories is because the one thing they all rely on is human cooperation, which I don't believe exists. (laughs) So if you have something that's really grand that needs to be kept quiet, I don't believe that there are enough players that would remain quiet or not try to attract some sort of personal gain hmm. from any one of these situations hmm. for anything to be kept secret. If there was an international treaty of these flat earthers who believe the the world is encased in a ice wall at the edge, do you really think every country would cooperate in keeping such a secret? That's where I think all these conspiracy theories kind of follow. 
And if okay. cell phones were around for JFK, we wouldn't be talking about stuff like that today. I just want to, I, I just want to stop your, um, your insane ranting. <laughs> um, uh, do you believe in motive? Cause there's motive behind every single explanation of why we didn't go to the moon. There's an asteroid belt around there. The, 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 the American people needed to believe in something larger than themselves. I believe the and, asteroid and, belt is after and, and Mars what, before who Jupiter, better, who but okay. better to deliver that than the very first Catholic president who's young and good looking and sure it wasn't an actual tan. It was a disease he had that made him look, you know, uh, yellowish, whatever. But he is the perfect vessel to deliver that message to the American people. And, you know, I, I just, I don't. But they, but just, they, they built, they, the thing, they built the rockets. They built the huge rockets. And if it was like, all right, well, to make this conspiracy. Doesn't mean they're not floating around in space. And, <laughs> and, 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 and you know where they filmed the landing? It's in the old naval base that Jared Leto now owns and keeps as a as a delicious sex party uh, location as well as a house. So, Well, all, all I'm saying is that if you were in on the conspiracy and you're like, okay, sure. we have to build these huge rockets yep. that – in order to pull this off and then you'd be like well wait a minute we got these huge rockets why don't we just you know just stop at the moon since we got the rockets so like <laughs> it benefits nobody to not go to the moon but i'm saying it's impossible to go to the moon because of the asteroid belt what asteroid belt there's an asteroid belt around the moon. If you watch uh, Fox had a special on it in 1998. <laughs> of course Dr. they did. Frank, of course Dr. they did. Frank Gallus proved it with photographs that were not doctored or photoshopped with video. It was all there. Was, uh, go back and watch it. It was all there. <laughs> I have I have succeeded. I have done exactly what I've wanted to do with this number one. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding? I mean, come on. I mean, and uh, and, and who killed JFK? Lee Harvey Oswald. What? No. Wow. Wow. I set you up there to put in the correct answer and you gave me that bull crap, you know? <sighs> All right, Nathan, what's your number one? Number one moment that a cell phone with internet would have come in handy. The birth of Christ. Yes. So See, now, Brian, this is a real topic. Okay. <laughs> First thing, is there room at the end? You can check for vacancies, and do you trust every in uh, to have the right information? Uh, Hold you- on, Nathan, Nathan, let me just jump in here. And as I've figured out from using the internet to check on vacancy at a hotel in Roseville, Illinois, small town hotels don't always update their websites. I did not know that the Roseville Hotel had a website, and frankly, <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, they could have they could have done uh, lastminute.com. That would have come in handy. Could have saved them some money. I know things were tight for the Christ family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have done TripAdvisor. You know, there might have been some complaints from previous disgruntled customers who were distraught. They had to sleep in a manger with sheep and cows and donkeys. You know, that, that would be a good warning to have. Sure. Also, you know, they had no doctor for the delivery. So Joseph could have been looking up uh, Lamaze techniques that probably mm-hmm. would have smoothed things out. And I bet uh, the 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 manger, or whatever the, the all the animals, um, I bet you they were just you know eating a bunch, and then they had to um, you know um, defecate is the word you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> defecate. And that might have been dirty. So yeah, yeah, it may have been. But then also, you know, it would have made their stay a lot shorter in this manger because the three wise men it took them twelve days to get there. So you got an infant living in unsanitary conditions full of uh, excrement. <laughs> and <laughs> so, 
you know, they, they were following a star and I don't care that the star was put there by the deity for the sole reason of them to get to Bethlehem. But GPS would have given them the fastest available route, updated traffic information, uh, accidents, uh, road closure construction. They wouldn't have gotten stuck behind that huge herd of camels, uh, but they were definitely late to the party. And lastly, it would have also avoided that sort of awkward thank you when you receive bar bizarre gifts. You know, you can steal away real quickly. You can look up just what the hell myrrh is. Um, but but th- this may this may not M Y R R H. Yeah, good. But yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if this one would have been that helpful because I spent a good portion of this afternoon reading the entire Wikipedia page of myrrh, and I'm still not sure what the hell it is. Um, <laughs> it's possibly a perfume or an essential oil or an embalming fluid, none of which I think are appropriate gifts for an infant. It was uh, gold, frankincense, which is like a dried. That, that's definitely a potpourri type situation, right? Yeah, okay. it's an, an incense. Myrrh. An incense. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And then I, myrrh is, as, as, as you're saying now, don't know. Um, a, a multi-purpose, who knows? Salve, yeah. perhaps. Okay. I do think, Nathan, you're, you're missing the biggest thing that would have happened if you had a cell phone with internet at this time would be Joe ordering the 23andMe test. Since he was on a business trip, he's definitely <laughs> got to make sure what this child's lineage is. He, he, needs, he needs some damn proof is what he needs. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if if the the twenty three and Me traces uh, all the way up to the heavens, though. This is well that's uncharted uh, if, territory. If the test would have came back with an error, he'd been like, <laughs> "She's telling the truth." <laughs> would have been good to know. Yeah. Also, as we know, God sometimes leaves no trace. Oh yeah. I've heard I'm, it said I'm, he works in mysterious ways. There we go. I'm glad you brought this up because a runner up that I had a trouble fitting on my list was Moses roaming the desert for 40 years. I figure a cell phone with internet definitely would have came in handy for that. Could you imagine one cell phone amongst a you know a group of what 50,000 people like you and you have to be the one who has to to operate it getting all the requests for searches and I haven't talked to, to my and- parents in 30 years. It's my turn. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's how he ended up getting the Ten Commandments. He went up to the top of the mountain just so he could hold his cell phone over his head trying to get a signal. <laughs> it wasn't stone. It was a text. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, wonderful. Well, uh, on that, um, I, I'm going to tally the scores here now. Um, thank you, Nathan, very much for that. Um, I loved your... Uh, the imagery um, of, of, of a camel, of a, of a, a group of camels uh, stopping them in traffic, I enjoyed very much as a very specific uh, thing. Um, and of course, you know, you, you, you touch my soft Catholic heart, um, you know, of all the education I've had throughout my life. Nathan, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you three points. All right, I'll take it. And Brian, um, I was going to give you one for provoking me because um, <laughs> you're just a darn little, uh, uh, being a, being a, little jerk there but but um i do appreciate the fact that we would have understood what happened to jfk sooner so i was gonna give you one but instead i'm gonna give you two and that's gonna put you just ahead for today uh so brian i am i am happy to um crown you today's winner 12 points to 11 uh you win you win the pause today good job congratulations i i a pause excuse me i i wear i wear this this trophy with honor thank you so much Yes, so Brian is the official winner of Top 5 Moments. A cell phone with internet would have been handy dandy. And now moving right along, because the host gets to have a little fun too, of course. I will give you my 
top five list, my fast five. And I have to apologize because earlier I made a mistake. I, I misread the copy. Um, it's not top five ways to live for Christ's sake. It's um, top five ways to live for Christ's sake. <laughs> um, and I totally, I, I, that's my bad. So here we go. Number five. <laughs> When you're laying down your head to rest at night, leave a liter mason jar stuffed with ice, a lime wedge, and whatever water that fits. In the morning, you got a guzzle bucket ready to tell your body you're serious about today. Number four, when alone, sprint most places. You'll be thanking your hamstrings and glutes next time you catch a glimpse of yourself from behind in the mirror. All right, number three, when you hang up from a phone call with your mother, immediately schedule another in your calendar app and send an invite to her Hotmail account. That'll signal to her you're serious about maintaining the relationship. <laughs> Number two, buy gold, right? Obviously, but actually don't stop there. Buy other metals too. Estate sales are an excellent source for silver. And number one, fast fives on top five ways to live for Christ's sake. If you still can, Attend an Ivy League university and keep on track for graduating magna cum laude while maintaining a leadership post in one of the top five student organizations on campus. Then when you're a semester or two from finishing, drop out and start a company that will grow to enjoy a multi-billion dollar valuation. And that should provide a pretty nice living. Thank you very much. That's the fast five top five ways to live for Christ's sake. Uh, I, I need to bit, know. I need to know, Mitch. Sure. Where's Where's the last place you you sprinted while you were on your own? <laughs> oh, uh, it's just up and down the block for uh, for for good exercise here. Um, uh, Wayne Wayne Avenue here in Chicago on the north side. So. Um, I, I also noticed you didn't mention his myrrh as one of the things you need to collect to, to invest in. That is true. If you know what myrrh is and you understand the value, go for it. Uh, but I, 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 I just can't get a handle on that market myself. So. <laughs> and that's this week's edition of Uber Cinco. On my left has been Brian Ernst. And on my right has been Nathan Henenfent. And as Bizbear always says, never forget the cornstarch in your fruit crumble, folks. Auf Wiedersehen and adios. You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. Yeah.